Welcome to the Moon and You podcast. My name is Susan Hart. Together, we will explore the many aspects of the female menstrual cycle and weave into the conversation elements of the full moon energy and her associated star signs that impact on our emotional and physical bodies. We will remember time-honoured health remedies while respecting and holding space for the current scientific breakthroughs in women's health. There is an ancient calling in all of us to lift our heads and acknowledge the moon. Come with us as we find ways to anchor ourselves in her energy, bring stability to our own cycles and learn to make the most of each week by learning what hormones govern our days. I'm so grateful you are here. I'm a self-diagnosed introverted native Scorpio and I love nothing better than to stay home and enjoy the quiet, child-free life that is my own. Thank God for native Sagittarians as they often pull me out of my daydream and drag me into adventure. I am forever grateful to you, my darling friends, that use every ounce of the Jupiter's juice to find fun and frivolity out of life. The world needs you. We need you to bring joy back to our days and stand in the truth of what really matters. Welcome, dear listener. And today, as always, I have by my side my very special friend, an astrological lover, Kerry Hurrigan. Hi, Sue. Hello, Kerry. Oh, it's so lovely to see you again. It's lovely to see you. No, it's yes. too long between drinks, if you ask me. Yes, way too long. But I do love our Instagram, Facebook oh, yeah. lives. <laughs> They're rather <laughs> successful. I should be right next time as they had actually joined. No, that's okay. I was very confused, but we're, we're getting there. Yeah. So, Kerry, it's all about the full moon in Sagittarius, and I am really keen to hear all about it. So take it away, my friend. Yes. Well, we not only have a full moon, but we have a super full blood moon Ooh. and a total eclipse. Wow. I know, a total lunar eclipse, rather, happening within four minutes of each other. <laughs> Great. So, so this will be happening around 9.14am on the 26th of May and that is on the east coast of Australia so be sure to check your location especially for our wonderful listeners in the Northern Hemisphere. So this is a super full moon meaning it is closer to the earth and it will be a blood moon and what that means is the light is refracted inward making the moon appear red it's not really anything to do with astrology as far as i know however hollywood grabbed a hold of it and we we got all sorts of things right. with it and uh, unfortunately it's i think it's kind of put a bit of a stigma on them yes. <laughs> to some degree yep. which i used to believe as well when i was younger so i have a link to a national geographic youtube video sue that explains this far better than i and it's truly an amazing thing to watch so i'll have a link for this for you to pass on and i've also got a link to show the path of the total lunar eclipse um, and its travels over the earth and what it's doing is it's coming over australia so i'll also send that to you as well thank you so astrologically speaking this is a very powerful time eclipses are associated with unexpected random events they shake us up and to move us to a higher plane intensity comes with sudden change as we have to adapt quickly 
Like the full moon, lunar eclipses are about bringing something to a completion or culmination to receive the new. And they are more about emotions, the lunar eclipses. They can uproot us to get our attention to keep moving forward and higher. The moon is associated with the emotional and psychological part of ourselves in our feelings of inner safety and security. Our inner security can only come from within us. And this is something I stress every podcast in the hope that people find that. Hmm. When we put our security into things and people outside of us, and they are taken away or they leave us, it sends us into fear, despair, and even depression. By being aware our real security is within, this gives us strength and courage to get us through stressful times. The moon relates to our sensitivities, intuition, and nurturing. It correlates with our self-image and how we see ourselves inwardly, in other words, our ego. So understanding our ego and have it stand beside us as an ally instead of something we go into battle with. To do this, it screams to be understood. And they will, this will present itself in thoughts such as, I'm not good enough, I'll always be alone, um, I can't do it, which I will get to later on in the podcast, mm. just that, that thought alone. But once we understand the truth behind it and we understand this part of ourselves, we become empowered clear and strong so with the super full moon some people will be triggered more than others so we'll move on to the full moon and the full moon is a phase where we bring things to again completion culmination and closure it is a time to let go and bring resolution so we can keep moving on this can sometimes be a time of finding the psychological balance between the two extremes so check where the full moon is transiting in your chart. So the super full moon and the total lunar eclipse is happening in Sagittarius. So starting with Sagittarius, it is a mutable fire sign ruled by Jupiter, the expander, and the ninth house. Medically, it rules the hips, thighs, sacrum, and liver, which is also the largest internal organ. The archetype of Sagittarius knows no bounds. It goes as high, far, and as wide as possible. There is a conscious awareness that we are connected to something greater. So starting with Sagittarius, it is a mutable fire sign ruled by Jupiter, the expander, in the, and sorry, the ninth house. Medically, it rules the hips, thighs, sacrum and liver, which is also the largest internal organ. The archetype of Sagittarius knows no bounds. It goes as high, far and as wide as possible. And there is a conscious awareness that comes with Sagittarius. And that is that we are connected to something greater. We must include the sign of Gemini as it is the polar opposite of Sagittarius. So it's two sides of the one coin, so to speak. So Sagittarius is about truth. This leads to philosophy and contemplation on the existence of something. In other words, the search for truth. The first clue, knowing that if you are suffering because of stressful thinking... This, if you only remember this one thing in this whole podcast, mm. is that any stressful thought you have is a lie. Mm. Anyone. Mm. I have, I've been challenged quite a lot on this statement, as you yeah. can imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it connects to our belief systems 
and our limiting belief systems and how we perceive our reality and what is true for you. Our attitude to life and living is created from how we perceive reality. So with the work of Byron Katie, she calls, as she calls it, it is all about finding the true truth. Is it true? And that's the mm. first question she asks. So this requires contemplation and speculation. She calls it a meditation and you will find the truth. And the truth shall set you free to find peace and end all suffering. And the truth always rises, always, no matter what anybody does. If they ever think they can get away with something, they're kidding themselves. So Sagittarius people are also known for their honesty. And like all fire signs, they will be very direct. However, they can be brutal and can often be unaware how hurtful that delivery can be to others. So with belief systems, Sagittarius is a mutable sign, easily adapting to different situations. This is one of the great gifts of Sagittarius as it allows us to see things from a different perspective. So do you have any limiting beliefs? Like, I can't do it. What if you said the opposite? I actually can do it. So whatever your limiting belief is, try it from a different perspective. If you even if you try just from the opposite first and find three examples where you can actually do it, whatever do it means to you. And again, the process of Byron Katie gives you more information on how you can do this. So one of the things Sagittarius does is it generalizes beliefs, meaning it is this this is the way for me, so therefore this is the way for you. Mm. There is an arrogance with Sagittarius in this way as there is a tendency to try and convince and convert someone to agree with their point of view. So this comes from a place of their insecurity as believing and accepting this point serves them in making them feel secure and this is because it squares cancer, which is ruled by the moon so there we're relating it to our Mm. inner security again yes so what is needed is more information as i said the gemini polarity to arrive at the total truth which is pisces another mutable sign so this is the mutable modality of the astrology chart next thing sue that i want to just mention is natural law and the deepest truth relates to sagittarius is with natural law There is a fundamental difference between natural law and man-made law. Man-made law correlates to the delusion that man is the superior species to any other form of creation, including the planet, animals, plant life, etc. Those who believe this seem to be unaware of the dire consequences of this concept. We are part of nature, and on a certain level, we are connected to every living thing on earth and beyond. We know we are connected to each other and the animal life because we feel compassion and empathy. A good example about this is being gay. In evolutionary astrology, which is the astrology that that I study, we look at our life as a journey of an ascending evolutionary process. For that, we must include the principles of reincarnation where we must experience all kinds of lives male, female, we've been different races, we've been in different cultures and we've been different genders. So it is the most natural thing in the world to be gay. So the founder of evolutionary astrology, this man's name is Jeffrey Wolf Green, an absolute genius. I think he's just so incredible. 
he brings in this concept of gender switching. And he would say it's like wearing a pair of Levi's. Now, you've got to understand that Geoffrey Wolf Green was, well, he grew up in the 60s, and this is when Levi jeans were stiff. Do you remember the, the jeans? Yes, they were stiff. You had to wear them a few times. They had to be washed a few times. And he would say have, being in a, a body, you may not have been that gender for a very long time. So you're getting used to it. You're getting mm. used to this body that's like a pair of Levi jeans. Oh, yes, yeah. So it might take you a few times to get comfortable in it and things can be unfamiliar. And this explains transgender people, I think, and certainly gay people. And it's most, it is natural, absolutely natural. And I find this makes sense. It's logical because of this ascension that we're on. So another thing with Sagittarius is humour. Thank God that humour does come with Sagittarius because we need Sagittarius that follows Scorpio that can be so intense yes, and deep. true. And as we discussed on, um, on Instagram, we did a follow-up of the Scorpio full moon, which personally was the most stressful time I've had in a long time. <laughs> so you're happy for something to come along that's lighter. Sagittarian people are fun to be around. Um, they, they are incredibly generous uh, we find the Sagittarian energy in the charts of a lot of comedians, actually. Mm. And um, the reason for that is they can take a story and they embellish, and this is this expansion because it's ruled by Jupiter. You know, they expand on this story and they'll give you every little detail. I had an auntie that was a Sagittarius son and she'd tell you the story of when she went down to the supermarket to get a bottle of milk. And this would be the most epic adventure you could possibly imagine. Yes, but Kerry, you're like that. I am like that. Your stories, <laughs> like... <laughs> That's true. You know, like sometimes my eyes just go, oh. It's like Jason. You and, you and Jason get together. That's my husband, listener. Um, it just goes on and on. I've got to say, look, come on, guys. <laughs> it's half an hour. Can I just... Can I? We need yeah. to do this podcast well, anyway. But I, I get you. I understand what you mean. Well, yes. that's interesting. And thank you for, for pointing that out because... I have Jupiter in my third house. So I think you have is, Jupiter in every house. <laughs> well, this, and I have my moon in Gemini. So you've mm. got this polarity mm. and there can be some stress that comes with this because mm. I think I have to tell you everything. Yes, I have to I take, know. I have to I tell know. you every solitary thing. And then when I um, come back and I review it, I think I didn't have to say that. What did I say that for? You know, That's why I edit the podcast quite <laughs> Heavily. Heavily. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it is, can be a bit stressful. Yeah. You know, no, I don't actually. I don't, I, I don't hit it too I, much. It does, it's, it's perfectly <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, one of my favourite Sagittarians is Byron Katie because she is about taking people to their truth and she does it through this process she calls the work and she brings in mm. humour and the humour can come in the most serious of things that are happening with these people. So laughing is the best thing that we can do for our bodies. It not only boosts our mood, but it strengthens our immune system, protects us against stress, and it triggers endorphins. And you're going to love this. It even burns calories. Mm. I know. <laughs> so Sagittarius is enthusiastic and positive. Freedom is very important. It loves to travel and explore. And Sagittarius is also connected to the law. 
So Jupiter, the ruler of Sagittarius, is just entering Pisces. And what I'm going to just mention here, Sue, is that we get a lot of support from other places because going through this super full moon and the total lunar eclipse is going to be very stressful, I think, uh, all the things that I understand about it because we're, we're in the midst of change. We're changing. Mm. Okay. So uh, Jupiter in Pisces is a beautiful placement as you can show yourself more love and compassion. It is the ancient ruler of Pisces, so it sits very comfortably here. Jupiter's, Jupiter is also known as the expander, as I have um, said, and I just hope it's not sitting on my waistline. That's that's all I can say because it feels <laughs> like it expands. Um, so check in your chart to see where you will experience expansion in your life. And I have checked your chart. Oh, dear. It's happening for you. Yes. It's happening in your first house. Jupiter in Pisces in your right. first house. So this will be things that will... Uh, be about you it could be something around personal development it could be something around exercising more it could be uh and uh Mm. it could be something around around that so you'll have to let me know perhaps philosophy it might be something to do with um a higher learning in some way Mm. wow it'll be something there and we'll also include uh we go to your seventh house um which is in Virgo and married to hey, Virgo. a Virgo son. So it could <laughs> be something to do with you and Jason collectively right. as right. well. Yeah. So, so you'll have to let me know. I will. And just on that, listener, I have to tell you something because Kerry gives away free birth charts and mini reports to anybody who wants one. So if you pop over to her Astrology Within You Instagram page, follow the links You'll get your own because it's fascinating. It is fascinating. Fascinating. Yes. And the report is amazing. And it's I, only mini, mm. but it's just wonderful. Well, it's a pretty, it's very basic. Yes. Very, very basic. And the thing with it, it is computer generated. So people have to realise that it may not be as accurate. Yes. And your time of birth is very important. Important, yes. But it will give you insights yes. into yourself. But so. I just love how you just pull up my chart and you do that. And I, and I just wanted to just recognise that because it's a very generous thing that you do. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Sue. Yeah, it's I, lovely. Thank you. Well, I, I love doing it, mm. so it's no effort at all, mm. you know. So when we talk about all these wonderful things with Sagittarius, we also have to mention the distorted side. When we've spoke about all these wonderful things about Sagittarius, it also has a distorted and unhealthy side. And this reveals how over the top we can go. There is a tendency to overact, overspend, and I should mention your financial course at this, at this point um, because it can be a real problem. You know, mm. if somebody's not disciplined, overindulge, overeat, exaggerate, and embellish. And this is where, uh, on this dark side, uh, one is prone to lie. So, in my understanding, this comes from insecurity and feelings of not being safe. Again, going back to the moon, and this is behind the distortions. So Jupiter is squaring the sun and moon in Gemini, and this is for us to be more engaging with the mystical, enhancing and magnifying manifestations, because this is really, we're getting into some really uh, mystical 
types of things and people may even feel that as well so mercury also squares neptune and trines jupiter i know i'm speaking another language to you aren't I? meaning that this also engages more mutability allowing you to be more in your emotional body and access that and access that higher mind Saturn squaring Uranus and this is a major theme for 2021 I haven't actually mentioned it but it is very very powerful this is the biggest astrology event that lasted um, sorry this is the biggest astrology event um, and last time occurred about 22 years ago so when we think about 22 years ago that was around the turn of the century um, we were building up to um, the World Trade Center and there was Pluto was involved as well so that event there this is uh, also a signature of great change and we're he- heading into Aquarius we've got a, the old stuff's not working going to be left behind saturn on one hand is about rules boundaries and patience uranus is the planet of freedom rebellion and liberation the aspect of a square creates tension and pressure and uranus is not about patience at all so this can bring sudden shocks in order for change to occur it breaks us free of limitations that are too restrictive saturn is in in Aquarius, which Uranus naturally rules, so there is a very strong connection here. Uranus is in Taurus. Taurus rules the land. It is associated with money, the stock market, property and banking. Uh, There could also be um, changes there. We have to wait to see. And there could also be seismic activity, so we'll have to keep an eye on these areas. Also, high tides and or king tides and um, possibly even movements in the land. So uh, we'll have to observe in the next few months how this will play out. Uh, It's a very powerful time. We could see many sudden changes. Thankfully, there is a lot of mutable energy around that will help us to adapt. So Mars is in Cancer. Now, you ready for this word? Sesquiquadrant. Sesquiquadrant. That's a good word. (laughs) You tried saying that with a couple of champagnes underneath your belt. (laughs) So... Basically, this is um, also an aspect of um, irritation. You know, it's it's you know you're not happy. You're you're irritated. There's a bit of friction there. The f- and and Mars is not always um, happy here. So the the forward and impulsive energy of Mars is tempered in Cancer due to Cancer's sensitivity and the. F- Uh, feelings of being vulnerable in saying that mars gives us courage to bring us out of our comfort zone to explore new territory so in closing sue we are the ones the people that are listening to this podcast are the ones who will build a new earth meaning uh, a new way of living it was prophesied by the hopi that there would be a generation that would birth a new world and help those who will not understand to tran- to transition through this time. We are going through the eye of the needle. Great transformations are still underway. We have Pluto in Capricorn till January 2024 that is continuing to deconstruct and break down the old ways that are not working anymore. So we need to keep dropping into our heart to explore, find our own truth, let go of what doesn't work for you anymore, laugh more, Watch some funny movies. Be in nature more. Be more creative and most importantly, show yourself love, kindness and no change is always to support us. 
imagine and ponder on a world of kindness, love and understanding. Feel it for yourself and all the creatures who live here. (sighs) Isn't it amazing? It's awesome. And I don't use that word lightly. Mm. Dropping into my heart Mm. and let go of what doesn't serve you. That really resonates with me. Mm. Because... Because if you don't let go, if we don't let go of things and keep trying to hang on to things that are not working, I can tell you, you will be mm. um, kicked out. You, it will, mm. you have to leave it. Yeah. Mm. So just before I move on to my part of the podcast, which is about the menstrual cycle, and also I've been always working towards what the medical ruler of the star sign is so for mm. example Sagittarius the medical ruler of the hips thighs and liver and the sciatica as you had mentioned earlier but just on the the dropping into my heart and letting go of what no longer serves me that really indicates to me I'm on the right path because <laughs> the last 12 months I've been trying to merge synergy and the moon and you together so listener synergy is my accounting bookkeeping practice And the moon in you, of course, is my love job, which is all about hormones, aromatherapy, the heavens, poetry, art. And merging these two together (laughs) has been like such a wonderful experience because you have to let go of the things that you don't want to do anymore. I mean, I have to earn a living, but I want to give so much away for free. So merging these two together has allowed me to do that. Let's talk about, first of all, week one. So if you're on your period and week one is all about your menses and and having a flow, and if if the full moon happens to be occurring on this week, then I'd like to share with you a little bit of information about truth because that's a theme for me, this um, blog and this podcast is about truth, being truthful. So the first question is, is do you tell the truth to your family about your menstrual situation? (laughs) So I didn't carry. I didn't. In fact, neither did I. I tried to hide it so much, um, especially from Jay, because I've been with him now for about twenty-three years. And so, so why? Why did I have to do that? So thinking back, I had felt a, a light or a slight shame sharing a bed with Jay because I I might bleed through the night and I would be really embarrassed, mm. really embarrassed. So eventually, um especially towards um, my, my mid-40s, because as you age, dear listener, um, your periods actually, well, my period, I shouldn't say all periods, but my period and a lot of my women friends who are my age, their periods actually accelerated and there was more blood flow. There was, there was more, um, just more expansion, basically. In my 40s, I, I said, I've got to move out of the, the bed through my menstrual cycle. And I did, and I, and I got my own room. And I loved it. I think and that's so. Oh, it's so, so good. wise. Yeah. So, yeah. And so now it continues in my menopause. So here's a tip: get separate beds early on in your relationship. And I really get it now. The 1950s bedroom arrangements and why couples had separate rooms. So I regret. I regret feeling shame about my period, as it just added to the collective bad experience of my womanhood during that time. And. And I suppose the first question is, is never be ashamed of that, but just sort of monitor it and take action. If you've got room, having your own bed, bed is great. So what I'm trying to say is embrace this week and all its pain, inconvenience and troubleshooting. 
Try not to feel bad or punish yourself by hating your period. And this is the key. Don't hate anything about being a woman. Don't hate it. Enjoy your flow and take steps to look after yourself. Be truthful with your boss and family and say, I'm not able to come in today. I mean, you don't have to actually say, look, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I'm not coming in today because I'm bleeding. I'm not making tea today because I'm bleeding. It's, it's not about being that truthful, but it's about being truthful. If you can't, if you can't um, manage yourself, just have the day off. Um, you know, you could say, look, I'm not able to do my normal house contribution of chores. You can tell that, say that to the family. This week, can we all chip in? Because mm. predominantly women are the, the, most, the carers of the, the home as well. I'm not saying that every woman is like that, but traditionally that's still happening um, t- today. So if you are looking for some relief this week, try doing a yoga pose called pigeon. Now, for those of you who are not um, yogis, I'll put a link in the blog and on the podcast for you to have a look at what a pigeon is it's quite easy and it's a fabulous hip opener so we carry a lot of old memory in our hips and because um is that the one of the uh hips yeah so the hips Mm. is one of the um areas that we need to look at during this full Mm. moon and so emotions can rise and we may need to face some truths of our past but that's okay it's much better out than in. So think about your hips and think about that area of or, or your pelvic region, especially when you're on your period, what you can do to soothe that area. Because mm. I think that this full moon, it might, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, Kerry, that the hips might be affected by this full moon, especially Could in Sagittarius. Be. Yeah. Could be. So just be monitor well, it. The hips too, and I don't know, I'd have to check, but um, down that area of your body is part of the what keeps us standing upright, so it's that supportive area. Mm. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe that's an area that somebody can look at is, well, am I support, especially a mother? I mean, mm. they expect too much of themselves because often we see mothers with their children in the playground and everything is perfect it's all perfect <laughs> you know there's there's not a care in the world mm. there's not a you know and you wonder what's happened beforehand where they've got to that point mm. they've got to get them up for mm. yes out out and dressed and mm. bathed and all those other sorts of things yeah yeah. But, yeah yeah okay that's fair enough so week two my darling so again for those for those new listeners because Kerry, we have a 91 new um Oh, new followers on our we Instagram page. We have 91 page. new daughters. We have. New children. <laughs> we have 91 new daughters, exactly new right. New children. New children. Oh, the birthing was hard. Anyway, so for, for those of you who don't know, basically basic during this full moon, you could be on anything. You could be week one and the full moon will happen, your period. You could be on week two, which is all full of estrogen. You could be really happy or you could be on week three or week four. So we like to give you lots of different options uh, for where you're sitting Um during this full moon week so this is for week two so during this week of the full moon you'll have heaps to celebrate estrogen is rising Mm. jupiter is expanding (laughs) and your energy should be abounding should be your brain power is kicking in and a slight increase in quick thinking will be available to you because of the estrogen 
I mean, how powerful is estrogen? Oh, I miss it so much, so much. A feeling of optimism is in the air and around day 22, oh, beg your pardon, around day 12 and 13, testosterone will rise, creating sexual excitement. And that's what testosterone does. Testosterone is the male sex hormone. And just like men have small amounts of estrogen, we also have small amounts of testosterone, especially around the ovulation time, which is day 14, because it kind of like kicks our sex drive into mm. real, into real mo- motion. And I think that this is particularly for those women who are not on the pill. Um, you feel it more than people who are on the pill. And it's a whole different story. And one day I will share my personal beliefs about the pill, but not today. So if you've ever wanted to take up dancing, now, my friends, this is the week to do it. Definitely. Use those legs. Yes, exactly, Carrie. (laughs) Legs. Your hips and thighs will thank you for it as well. Mm -hmm. So if you need to do anything that involves pain, for example, like needles or waxing, do it in this week too because high levels of estrogen comes with it high levels of endorphins which is the natural painkiller yeah wow yeah so your creativity will be in full swing be expansive be wild be wonderful or simply just be and really enjoy this rush of estrogen because i personally have opted not to have hormonal therapy replacement therapy Hormone therapy, repl- I don't even know what it's called. HRT. Anyway, HRT, Hormone replacement therapy. therapy, yes. So I haven't opted for that. So I'm relying on my fat stores to give me estrogen, so it's cares. And other home remedies. I mean, hormonal replacement therapy uh, for menopausal women is an option. And for those of you who are doing it, fantastic. Mm. But I'm not, I don't do that. I wasn't on the pill. I don't take anything. No, me either. And no pharmaceutical. I like to do things um, through exercise and through diet. Um, so, and so that when I really need it, when I really need to have the benefit of um, the modern science, uh, medical science, then I know that um, I, can, I can rely on that as well. Um, because for me personally, the, the less you're on, the better it will be for you when you need, do need to go on it. So would you have anything to say, Kez, about week two? Um, well, remembering what week two was like, you you are on fire mm. and, um, yeah, use your muscles. Go out. In, I mean, you can become quite inspired in that week, you know, mm. and mm. it might be the week to uh, to use your legs, you know, because if you think about the centaur, that's his mm. the symbol of Sagittarius. Oh, of and course. And often Sagittarians... Yes. Uh, have large hindquarters. You look at bike riders. Yes. You know, and um, but it's usually a, a, a physical sign of Sagittarian energy. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Okay. Exercise. That's great. Exercise. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Great. Okay. So week three. Now it starts at day. I always like to think it starts at day 14, but it kind of clo- week two closes at day 14, which is ovulation, and then uh, week three starts day 15, and always kind of starts with a bit of a thump. Does it? Yes. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> okay. What do you mean by that, Sue? Well, do you remember in previous podcasts when I talk about... The dip? When, yes, the dip. Right. Okay, you there you are, the dip, mm. the thud. The thub. <laughs> yes, mm. I got it now. Uh, when ovulation happens, estrogen cuts out 
and there's this dip and you might feel yourself having a little bit of a crisis, emotional crisis going, what the hell happened? You know, I was really happy and now I'm not. Well, not happy, but I was feeling pretty well high and then because of estrogen's gone, you might interpret that as an emotional issue, whereas really all it is is a hormonal dip. So beware of that. But what I'd like to talk about now is after ovulation, ovulation in itself, how do you know if you're ovulating? Now, I haven't spoken about this for some time. And so, Kerry, you know, put your, put your fingers in your, okay. in your ears because <laughs> Kerry does not like me talking about this particular subject. I have a weak stomach. You soon. do. So I'll do it quickly. Insert two fingers into your vagina and test the mucus. That wasn't hard, was it, Kerry? No, it's all right. I've gone through the eye of the needle. Okay. <laughs> if you find very wet, stretchy mucus between your fingers, it's kind of like if you stretch it for an inch or more and it resembles a raw egg white, your cervical mucus is very fertile. Oh, Kerry, your face. <laughs> <laughs> so ovulation is right around the corner if that's the case. Isn't that interesting, mm. though? Yeah, so it's very wet. It stretches between your fingers like for an inch or two and it resembles raw egg white. So that's kind of like indicating that you can't guarantee that you're ovulating, but you can tell that you're very fertile in that that instance. There's also ovulation test strips and they're designed to detect levels of the luteinizing hormone. And I'll spell that because I don't really know how to pronounce it. L-U-T-E-I-N-I-Z-I-N-G hormone, L-H. It's in your urine, so we on it and away you go. This hormone signals ovulation as well, which is the release of an egg from your ovaries into the fallopian tube. So while ovulation test strips can determine your fertile days, they're not 100% accurate. After ovulation, there is a hormonal dip, as I mentioned before, and for a few days, you may feel a bit PMSE. Then, if all is well, your progesterone will start to rise alongside estrogen. However, progesterone will be dominant. Now, the trick is to keep your progesterone high until day 28 to 30. Keeping progesterone at optimum levels during these next two weeks will diminish... Listen to this, my dear listener. Keeping progesterone at optimum levels during these next two weeks will diminish, if not eliminate... PMS. God, I wish I'd had known this when I was going through it all. I it's, know. It's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are really struggling with PMS, I'd love it if you would go to see your health professional. I reckon about maybe day 23, 24, because if you can find out that you have no progesterone really or if estrogen is high during the, la- the last week, then, yeah, you might have some issues there. Also stress hormones. Adrenaline and cortisone also interfere with sex hormones. Um, so that's another area to look at is your stress levels as well. Yeah, and the last thing I'd like to share with you um, on week three is I would, I would like you to look at your liver. So considering Sagittarius is a medical rule of this vital organ, according to the Hepatitis C Trust, which is you can Google that, Hepatitis C Trust, the liver regulates the balance of sex hormones, thyroid hormones, cortisone, and other adrenaline hormones. It transforms or removes any excess from the body. So if the liver cannot do this properly, there is a risk of emotional imbalances. How fascinating, the liver. So I think now liver is ruled by Sagittarius. Sagittarius. So therefore, I mean, I'm talking about caffeine. I'm talking about alcohol, excess. Mm. I'm talking about 
not having enough water. Well, this is what... They're basic things. It's the over... Overindulgence. Okay. So if you're finding your PMS is really severe, have a look at your liver. At the same time you're getting your progesterone looked at, have a look at your liver health. Mm, And it's fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Mm. We all we will all go through it differently, but if you if you if you have a bit of forewarning about it, as you say, when mm. you're aware, you know you're in control. You, you definitely are. Mm. You can at least do something to prepare yourself. Just yes. a, a note on the liver. Yep. I did a little bit of research on the liver because I thought, how big is this organ? Mm. And I can't remember where I got it from. It's pretty but big. One, yeah, it's a, well, one uh, bit of information I on a medical site was they said it was the size of a football. Wow. I know. I don't know how much truth there is to that. Or I can't remember, but I saw that and I thought, oh, well, I won't, you know, I'm not sure about it, but that's one of the things that I found. Yeah, out. yeah. But I thought that was pretty interesting. That's just fascinating. Yeah. Oh. And I can tell you too, my dear listener, is that as you age, you really have to look after your liver. And for me personally, I don't drink a lot anymore. I used to enjoy white wine and I enjoy Gentleman Jack with a bit of Coke. And ice, but I can't have it very much. Mm. So just you know, reduce. I just, just reduce. have it. They have. I have a drink, and what I do is I just get under the table because after the next one, that's where <laughs> I'm going to end up. So yeah, I don't either now. I can't. I, I, I can't handle it at all. I but, know. Yeah. Okay, so let's just do the last one, which is week four. In the likely event <laughs> that PMS is on the agenda, then this fourth week can be challenging for some women. PMS can be so severe that women have been prescribed by the health professional antidepressants to help ease the sadness, grief and overall feeling of depression. This is PMS at the extreme. The question is, do you think PMS would be worse during the full moon in Sagittarius during to the expansion energy? I think you would have to look at that on an individual yes. basis. You okay. would have to look at what's happening in that person's life. Mm. Uh, if this is occurring with PMS, what thoughts are you having? Mm. Have you repeated these thoughts or these thoughts you've had before? If, use a metaphor, all the planets line up and you do go through a very emotional, stressful time, certainly could be enhanced by the moon. I mean, we know that you ask any nurse in any emergency department, any police mm. officer, that they prepare for the full moon. It affects our emotions. It draws on emotions. Yes, for some, it could be. Yeah, okay. Thank you. One thing I can add, Sagittarius tendencies are to overindulge in things. Coupled with the dropping of hormones during this week, your moods may be affected, making it hard to resist those comfort-seeking splurges. So the Sagittarian full moon energy can be very brutal when truthful, mm. as I heard. Yes. Telling the truth does require being direct. However, just be aware that words can be hurtful. So be aware you don't overreact. And here's a tip. This buildup of energy must and will be expressed in some way. That's right. And so, full circle, the best way is to exercise. Yes. <laughs> Yes, do something, get yourself in nature. Yes, yes. Um, nature yes. has a way of just slowing us down. Yeah, it does. You know? It does, yeah. And creativity. You might find you want to channel that energy um, into something creative, which may require, you know, 
and include exercise. Mm, yeah, yeah. Kerry, this has been a beautiful podcast, a little bit longer than usual, but that's yeah. okay. You know what, life happens. Listener, I just wanted to remind you about a couple of things. So Kerry has a free birth chart, mini astrological report that is yours. You just need to go on to her website, which is astrologyinyou.com. I'll leave a link for you in the show notes. There you go. That's better. That'll save you from... That's much better. Thank you. And as always, I'll have a link to the Moon and You app, which will be updated very soon. I'm very excited about that. Very exciting. Um, And the other bit of news is that for the financial course, if you sign up on the wait list before the 30th of June, dear listener, it's free. If you sign up after the 30th of June then it's going to cost um, a small amount of money. Uh, that was just my compromise in regards to my own self-worth that Kerry has challenged me on, that not everything that I do has to be for free. But I just love you all so much. So <laughs> there's an opportunity for you to go on the wedding list now um, and you'll find that in the link um, in the podcast as always. Kerry, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sue. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to everyone who requested a free astrology report. Yes. All right, my dear listeners, enjoy the full moon. Kerry and I will be on the Facebook Live to do our little story debriefs, mm-hmm. and we'll see you then. Yes, we will. Goodbye, everyone. Take care, everyone. <laughs>